As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody in America, welcome to the Tuesday episode of the Athletic Hockey Show, where we, and by we, I mean Sean Gentili Mm -hmm. and Craig Custance, talk American hockey, no Canadian hockey allowed. You know the rules. Sean, (laughs) ironically, (laughs) fine by me, (laughs) live from Calgary in the middle of battle of, of, what is it called? The Battle of Alberta? Is that a state? Uh, who is Alberta? <laughs> I, I think he he discovered Canada. Is Sean Gentilly still stuck in Canada? I had a great aunt, a great aunt Alberta, by the way. Her name was Alberta. Yep, or Roberta. Alberta. Hmm. Is that why you're there still? Daughter of immigrants. Yeah, that's why I'm here. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm on my way to uh, Viking Alberta. Going to spend a few days with Daryl Sutter. Wow. On the farm. We have so much to dissect here because, of course, there was uh, a team eliminated in the playoffs. We want to see, should they run it back with their roster? We are going to break it down. And, of course, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Washington Capitals or the Boston Bruins. Three teams at a crossroad, and we're going to get into that. But first, I do – oh, and also let's tease to Kevin Kurz who covers the Islanders for The Athletic. He's going to be part of the second segment, and he's we are going to go over the whole – Barry Trotz, Lane Lambert, Lou Lamarillo, Islanders, Carousel. I don't even know what to call that. It's been fun. I love off-season stuff like that. Yesterday was hilarious. Like, the <laughs> it's classic Lou, right? We need a new voice. We need a new coach. <laughs> so, let's hire Barry's mini-me. 
I'm my theory on that is is it was going to be Mike Babcock, and then Kersey wrote about Mike Babcock, so then they said, "Well, okay, that's done. We can't do that." Yeah. I got a text from my one of my best friends at midnight last night that said Barry trots to the Red Wings question mark, and I don't know if he was just out drinking and was curious or if he heard something. It could have been. Know. It could have been both. It, so I like scrambled and I was like, "What happened? Did I miss something overnight?" And there was nothing. No Barry Trotz. I, I think Barry Trotz, Pierre, of course, reported that he wanted to take at least what a week or so to. <laughs> wow, up. what a what a jerk he is. Figure out his life. Yeah, take a um, t- take a week. Where do you where do you think he ends up? You, I we we talked to Winnipeg last week. I mean, the Vegas thing's interesting. I still think it just makes so much much sense for him to go to Winnipeg. Vegas is interesting. That was always that. Was, there was a reason I closed the "Where the hell does Barry Trotz end up?" piece with Vegas. I don't think I don't think anybody should be surprised that they that they fired DeBoer. I don't think that no. I don't think that that there's anything to read into it there. I doubt it was like <laughs> Pete DeBoer's Pete DeBoer's safe. Oh wait, Barry Trotz was just fired. Now he's not. But that's still that's still really interesting. I think Foley if Foley if Foley wants Trotz, like. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna try to drop a bag big time. Well, I, I mean that's I think that's I think, that's, I think they, that's they the always question. get the big fish, right? Vegas, that's what that's what they do over there in Vegas. Yeah, and it's worked out yeah. for him so well. <laughs> I liked the question, like somebody asked if he was Kelly McCrimmon, if he was uh regretted the Gerard Gallant who's now led the Rangers into the second round of the playoffs. What's he supposed to say? I know. What are you gonna say? Yeah. Kelly I will also say, um, Pete DeVore is interesting now that he's on the market yeah. because the Red Wings have an opening. A lot of he's got a lot of Detroit roots, you know. Windsor, this he, he's somebody who um, I could see ending up. I don't know if and there's any Steve Eiserman connection, but well, Curtis initially floated the coach swap, right? That was that was one of that was one of the things Kev was was <laughs> was coach was swap. was bringing up earlier, where it was like De, De, DeBore to maybe DeBore to New York. Right, but um, that's uh, that's nope. that's that's not what's going down. Um, I mean, what can, we, Lou, hey, can we talk what, about what, some? Can we talk about some good teams, please? Yeah, sorry. All right, we'll get all of this in segments. I, I, <laughs> we we can do all this in segment two. Um, before we get to the good teams, let's talk about three teams that we want that lost in round one. Yeah. Oh, oh, actually, no. I want to talk about Jake Ottinger. Oh, briefly before we get to that, because twist, twist my arm, why don't you, brother? We have now seen the future of America in goal, and it's Jake Ottinger. Yeah. <laughs> a- unbelievable performance. Daryl Sutter called it the best uh, player of round one. I mean, just almost put his entire team on his back. And as an American, you know, John Gibson might be aging out. I don't know. We're jo- you know what I mean? As the, <sighs> as the Team USA, that's how old we are, Sean. I, I think we have one every week where we're just like, holy God, we are getting old, and I think John Gibson aging out is <laughs> that's about as bad as it gets. That's as bad. Hold on, that's how a, old is John Gibson? He's I don't know if age, aging out. I don't is. think he's even thirty yet. The issue is that John Gibson might not be that good. John Gibson is sixty for the hockey <laughs> DB defenseman. Played uh, draft played for the Leafs in the eighties. I got the wrong. Jack Wait a second. Here. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at a list of Jake of uh, of of John Gibson's endorsements here, and one of them is reverse mortgages. <laughs> you, 
He goes, yeah. he goes, ARP. He goes, John Gibson's 28. John, so he's John not Gibson, aging out of anything. John Gibson has those commercials that run during the price is right. Where Tom Selleck tries to get old people to sign away their homes to some fake oh, bank. I just watched that documentary on the price is right. The guy that memorized all the prices. I don't know if you've seen that one. Okay. So, so fairly that, interesting. That pop, that, yeah. Like, that, that popped back up on Netflix recently. I remember yeah. cause it, it's a couple years old. It's a couple years yeah. old, right? Like, cause yeah. I, 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 I was, I was scrolling through. I was like, wait, did I imagine this? <laughs> like, did, or did I see this three no, years they're ago? Just, they're just recycling at this point. Um, as we do. So we just wanted to give a little bit of appreciation to Jake Ottinger as the future of American goaltending. And talk stars because you love this. People in Dallas want to hear your thoughts on where they go next, what the what his emergence means for the future of the team, and maybe how that changes things. Right? I watched probably ninety percent of that series. Okay. Part of it, part of it's because I'm in Calgary, but part of it is just, of course. And, and part of it is because I had to <laughs> for the for the yes. for the nightly post. But um. I think the end of that series, by the end of that series, it was, it was entertaining. And I think people yeah. got, people got in their heads, understandably, based on the first three games that that was a slog. And that was completely true. But by the end of it, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, Ottinger's got the Carey Price thing where you watch him and you're like, there's such economy of movement. Mm-hmm. You know, the the demeanor, the mindset. I mean, especially in game... I mean, what there's not a lot more to say about what he did in Game 7, right? He, the only person who made more saves in a Game 7 was Kelly Rudy, and that game went <laughs> four overtimes or whatever. Yeah. The The Flames were throwing everything they could at him. It was not like the first couple games of the series where it was like perimeter shots and, you know, where it was sort of pumped up shot numbers. You know, th- this was this was kitchen sink stuff being thrown at Jake Ottinger and he was the Terminator. Like I, I was, yeah. I was watch I was watching this like, Oh, Oh boy. Um, and I, I this, which makes the stars more interesting by a factor of 100 now because they have the goalie. Yes. I think we can say that not, this is not some random guy. This is not some 29 year old career AHL dude who comes He's 23. in 23 who comes in and has, you know, goes unconscious for yeah. for a no, this week. is like franchise guy. This Bruce is, Trump. This is Pedigree, a franchise guy. Boston Pedigree. PU, all mm-hmm. the stuff US national team, all the blue chip prospect, everything you want. Everything you could want. The only real reason he everybody's like, oh, he started the season as a third stringer or whatever. And like, okay. But that's just because the stars goaltending situation was so Yeah. Preposterous. <laughs> Right where where it was where you know you got Braden Holtby and you've got how much is Anton Udobin have left and all that and all that so like whatever yes Jake Ottinger started the season as a third stringer but there's a major asterisk next to that you yeah. look you look at the stars and for as weird as that roster is and for as flawed and possibly oh, I don't know, unimprovable as it might be because of the fact that you're paying Ben and Sagan $20 million, you know, between the two of them to look as, you know, past it as as they have at points. Yeah. You look at what they have, franchise goalie, top 10 defensemen in the league in Haskinen. Yes. Rupa Hintz, Jason Robertson, 
Joe Pavelski, who's got, I don't, I mean, I know. Ageless. I mean, they signed him for one more year and five and a half million dollars, but I don't, I mean, in the end comes for those guys fast. We've seen it happen. But like, I don't think that, I don't think that next year is the final year for Joe Pavelski as a productive NHL player. They have the difficult stuff taken care of. They have a top line. They have an alpha dog defenseman. And they have a franchise goaltender. So, what now? You know, Rick Bonus is out. I presumably is out. His contract's up. I mean, it seems like a fait accompli that he's that he's not coming back. If he doesn't, you know, that's, that's a, a good that's job. A, that's a very good job. Pretty I think, good job. At this point. All of a sudden, um, it's just know, like not oh, for God, nothing. It's just those. That Sagan contract, you look at that and you're just like, what are, how do they, what's the solution here? And I don't know, I don't know that there is one. You just hope that for, 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 for Tyler's sake and for, for the, for the star's sake that, you know, some good comes out of it because my God, he's, is it 10 and a half through, you know, four or five, four or five more years? The well, contract the is going up I, a million, so that should, I mean, Right, that contract that contract goes through twenty 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 seven. Mm. He's got a full no movement clause, and he's at nine point eight five for the duration of it. That is that is brutal. So other than that, everything's fine. Yeah, <laughs> if they can yeah. if they can if they can find some way to make that work. Here's you know. what you do: you just pretend he's on an entry level deal, and Jake Ottinger's getting paid ten million. And you're fine with your roster. Well, what do they what do they do whenever? Well, let's imagine what they do in two years. Like how how does how does that work? Because you have you have Jason Robertson, mm. who's RFA coming into next season. By the way, you've got you know Ottinger at some point. Those guys between the between the I two. Mean, of he just them. broke into the league. You're worried about his extension now. I mean, again, I'm not worried about his extension, but he's he's you know he's an RFA. You know these guys are gonna. St- yeah. I mean, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna start getting expensive, and decision time is gonna come. Like what like what did what do the extensions look like? What what do the bridge deals look like? You know, he played four games on the. Um 2014-15 national development team that we are checking off. So Jake is on our summer. Have you paid? You have you paid Tom any moment? attention? Have you paid any attention to the world whatsoever? No, I haven't. Are we being honest? Are we in the? No. We're in the trust tree. We're, I, we're in. We're in. We're how, in the how's nest. Team USA doing? We're in the nest. I don't know. Probably winning a lot of games. Over this there. is. This I bet you they're in first place. There's no way to know for sure. I mean, how 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 could anybody expect us to know something like that? Mm, I think they've. I think they're undefeated and uh, looking great. Can we? Um, can I talk Penguins really quick with you now that yeah, they're out? They are. Um, by the way, US we, US is in third place in Group B. They're three one and one. All right. Then a group with Finland, Swinland, Finland, Swinland, Finland, and Switzerland, and, Czech, and, and, and Czechoslovakian. <laughs> <laughs> because we're tight. I want to run Pens, Caps, and Bruins. Is there any one of those teams that has a future that doesn't include things getting really difficult in the next couple of years? No. <laughs> hmm. Who who of those three is a is a cup contender moving forward? 
truly. I would have said the Penguin. I would say the Pittsburgh still. If Sid doesn't, if Jacob Truba doesn't hurt Sidney Crosby, they're playing right now. I believe. If Casey dismiss core muscle doesn't, yeah, tear like wet tissue paper in overtime. There, they're still playing. Yeah, but it happened, and they're not. And now, and they're now they're in the off season with two great big boys and one pretty decent sized boy coming up to UFA. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe the Bruins, because you still have, you know, there's still good young players in Boston. Once Bergeron decides that he's done, they are too. That's it. They are a contender as long as as long as Patrice Bergeron decides that he wants to play hockey. I like that he like was saying good, you know, shaking hands with everybody and everybody passed that video around and then people were like, Oh, Wait yeah, a second. He does that he's every just game. he's just super polite and does that every <laughs> like, game. That's what, and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, never mind. I guess we got to do this for a few more days and or for for a couple more weeks until he until he figures this out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're not they're not going to be good whenever he's gone. They might have to do a little another version of what they did when they picked up all those first rounders and reset and and just do the same thing, but only for kind of the next generation, the McAvoys and whatever, like the Pasternak, like. Good on them for pushing Carolina to seven games. I thought that series was entertaining, but yeah. they lost for all the reasons we thought they would lose, you know? Right. There's no there's no second layer of production there. There's so not like may- Charlie Coyle, Eric Halla. Taylor Hall was, you know, one of the one of the best players in, in, in that series at, at points. But like there's just no Craig Smith. Craig Smith went zero zero zero. Yeah. You can't, you can't have that. If Bergeron's gone, then you, I think you have to do a quick reset and try to flip it as quick as you can for McAvoy Pasternak. I feel bad for for Charlie McAvoy. He's he's never going to be a Norris finalist. It's never going to happen for him. He 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 might have deserved it this year. He's just he's just doomed to be like. The Chris Letang of the, the the Chris Letang of this generation, where he's like, "Yep, really good. He's he was the fourth best guy in the league this year, or the fifth best guy in the league this year. It's gonna happen to him a half dozen more times." So, I, I vote quick reset for the Bruins. I don't know what to do with the Capitals, to be honest. They're done, and they're done. Try try to squeeze one more year out of the Penguins. I might. I might. I mean, I would. I, I would. If I were running that team, I would. I would say to Evgeny Malkin and. and Chris Letang, like, all right, we'll give you guys three. We'll give you guys three-year deals. Mm-hmm. How much you want, and then just and then just take take it from there. That's not just I, honestly. Guess what? Like, guess what? Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. You don't think that's what's gonna happen? No, I don't. So Letang walks. Letang walks. Letang because Letang Letang is is Letang has more value on the open market than Kenny Malkin does. Yeah, Chris Letang could get. Pretty much what he wanted from where he wanted at this point. Still, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the same is true with with, with Malkin. I think Chris Letang is more apt to leaving than Evgeny Malkin too. Yeah, but then you lose him. Not like I, you, in my mind, you either have to go all in or all out. Like mm-hmm. bring them all back, or you're in no man's land. That's why. That's why their last off season was so confusing for me. I mean, I, I know, I know you wanted to see, you know, you needed to see more from Malkin, sure, because he's coming off the injury. Yeah. But like there was no, there was no need to 
there was no need to extend the uncertainty to Chris Letang. Yeah. Bring him back. I know. And, and now it's now it's it's tough to see it happening. And then, and then Washington, Washington, they're, I think they're done. Nicholas Nick, Nicholas Backstrom was talking like a guy who was about to retire a couple of days ago. He sounded done. Yeah. His hip is in bad, bad shape. If you want another indicator of how old we are, is that Nicholas Backstrom is about to be finished. And they don't have, like, they don't no. have that, like, the Bruins that next week. Like, the best the best team that's really set up is the, the Bruins of those three. You can see doing some something like what the Kings did. Yeah, because because if, you know, you can have Marshawn and Pasternak yeah. and, and McAvoy, like, that's... That's something. Maybe maybe Jeremy Shad's older than Yuan would be, by the way. He he is, but, but he's not old enough to know who the Ramones are. I, I don't know if I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> that I have I have like I have driven the bus on like actually I, I was an early adopter of like actually Brad Marchand is, you know, pretty funny. <laughs> he's a funny dude. So and you think he was just messing with everybody? I don't think it's impossible. I think both outcomes are equally likely. I don't want to give Brad Marshall too much credit here. Like, I think there's absolutely a scenario where he just, whatever. His 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 girlfriend bought him a, bought him a cool t-shirt for, you know, $75 or something, and he just wore it. But um, if if he was if he was serious there, I feel like that's a major step back for for Marshawn. We're back in the era of him looking pe- the side of people's faces. Which Would is like... you trade him because of that comment? I don't really care about the Ramones. Like, that's sort of... Okay. That's sort of my thing. Is it like... Look, do I know about the Ramones? Like, of course. Like, I like... Just like any any little punk kid, I, I loved them for a little bit. And I, and, I, and I know more than enough of them. But I'm not out there listening to you know, beat on the brat when I'm, you know, as a, <laughs> as a, as a, as a 36 year old. So it's fine to me that, that, that Brad Marshawn, you know, whatever, isn't intimately familiar with the Ramones. But I think in this, in this, this is another like salty old man take. I think that if you wear a band's shirt, mm-hmm. you got to have some functional knowledge of them. It doesn't need to be that much, but you got to be able to name like a like a like a few like a few songs like Brad Marchand should know I want to be sedated or something right he does I mean if he heard it I don't you can't you can't you can't assume stuff with hockey players dude that's true there's a bit of a bubble here's the thing one of the things that they did if we're talking about them doing a bit of a reset um, they had to make a tough decision with Milan Lucic and it worked out great really for yeah them. well. Um, I mean, it worked. Thanks, thank you. The process was right. I don't remember which of those. Like, they did. They made the right decision. Saved money, got assets. I don't know if the ultimate. I don't know if there's a version of that on the Bruins roster or any of these rosters where these teams could fast forward or reset by moving like a 34 year old Brad Marchand who has a no movement clause. But I think I think for these three teams, everything you know, you got to make. I think in a weird way. In a vacuum, if you just look at if you look at these guys as names on a ledger, yes, which <laughs> Fenway Sports Group may, I think, I think Pittsburgh is probably in the best spot there because of the amount of cap that they have coming off. 
because you have Evgeny Malkin, Sauer coming off, and Chris Letang's, and Brian Rust, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, that's that's $20 million. That's not bad. But that doesn't account for the fact that you have to replace Evgeny Malkin, Chris yeah. Letang, and Brian Rust. And it doesn't account for the fact that uh, you have a pretty important guy at the top of that roster who would rather you not have to replace Evgeny Malkin or Chris Letang. Man. And that is when things get really interesting. Is if they come out of this, if they is if they come out of this off season, and there's no Evgeny Malkin, and there's no Chris Letang, and it's Sidney Crosby versus the world. Yeah, the, the, where does where does that put him? Where I'm not even talking about where that puts them as a hockey team. I'm talking like about where does what does Sid? How does what, Sid feel about how that? does Sidney Crosby feel coming? into the 2022-23 season if dude X is the second line center and dude Y is the 25 minute a night yeah right side defenseman like what what does he think about that and that is something that I'm not sure they've thought all the way through you have to make Sid and Paprasan part of the conversations there's he's <laughs> you know what I mean if they you you that let him be part of the exit. You just you, you just let say, him make you you give him you give him you give him forty nine percent of the vote. Yes, I think so. Yes, that's all that matters. It's possible for this team to contend for the next three three seasons. We'll say, and I don't know if that's the route they're going to take. Really, at the base of it, we're talking about great centermen of their era. We're talking about Crosby. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Backstrom, and we're talking about Bergeron. We suspect Bergeron could be done. Backstrom's talking like he's done. Sid and, and Malkin's in that conversation. It, well, too. okay, so it's like it's like Sid Bergeron is not done. Sid is still an elite player. We saw it in these playoffs. Yep, we saw it all year. Mm-hmm. This is a he's, it's a different part of the equation. Bergeron might have had enough. Just generally, Backstrom physically might. Yeah, it, the choice might not be his. So you have different different circumstances there. But man. Yeah, I don't know. It, there's both all all three of those teams are in are in some are in some soup. Can I get your play? We have like one minute to get playoff yeah, predictions. Yeah, since on the record. Yeah, since we adhere to such a you know rigid schedule. No, on like this we show. have. We got to go to break. We have uh, commercials lined up <laughs> that are a- a- like advertisers. Contact Advertise. us now. <laughs> what is um, Tampa, Florida? Your favorite series from last year is back. I'll happily be wrong about Tampa. Yeah. I'll like I'll be wrong about them at some point. But I'm going to let myself be wrong about them. I'm going to pick them to win series until they do not. And guess what? Yeah. Worked pretty well for me in round 1. They won that round? Supposedly. I'm going I'm going to go Florida yeah. because of Braden Point. Yeah. I think Braden Point that's, that's that's testing he's, he's, that's te- that's testing my metal on the on Tampa all day every day. He's he's been the engine of the oh, last two years. That that boy, shift when he came back out that <laughs> shift he he skated. I was he, feeling it. I was in pain watching him. Just I mean, my God! After he went to the boards initially, like you you saw you saw him reach for the uh, old for the old groin hip in, uh, area, yeah. and you're just like this this isn't good. Yeah. So he like he they don't 
have all the success you're referring to without Braden Point, and now Braden Point's not there. Yeah, I think true. Florida, Florida got past the like, what if we're the best the team trap. in the regular season and choke? Yep, yep. and we they didn't. They 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 powered through that, and now now they can they can be Florida. I think we're going to see a little bit more uh, them reflecting how they looked in the regular season. So I I'm picking Florida in seven. It's not easy. Tampa's the champ mm-hmm. for everything you said. Uh, St. Louis, Colorado. Uh, I'd love to find a way to pick the Blues in this one, um, but I can't. The yeah, Wild. I mean, look, we we all pick we all we all pick the Wild. So who knows? The Blues just the, the Blues just keep getting it done despite being a you know an average five on five team with goaltending. You just don't know who's going to yeah. show up on a on on a given night. They score a bunch of goals. I I think they're I think they're a very fun team. Mm-hmm. But, and that's not to say that they can't win this series. I, if I'm trying, I, mean, I would love to try to find a way to pick them, but I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. Right. I think. I think Pete did a good. Peter Bod did a good. Uh, did a good sell job for the for Colorado getting out of the second yeah. round last week. I mean, I, I know it's it's easy to say just just because they're as good as they are, but I you, you're gonna you 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 look at that group. At that group of blues defensemen, and you're just like, how are they? How are they supposed to get this done? I stand by my my comment to Pete last week. I think they lose game one, Colorado, and then come roaring back. Yeah, which is like six, which is like the only way that they haven't. That's like the next. <laughs> that's the next series template for them because because all, yeah. all three of their yeah. last second rounds have followed one in one way or another. And I like how he broke it down, uh, like. In turn, like we, we we've added up each of these second round losses, but they're not all equal, right? Yeah, I mean um, that's that's what that's what you say when you lose them. No, I know for I sure. Know, I know. I'm sure Toronto's. I know we're not supposed to talk about them, but they're saying the same things. Um, Rangers, Carolina. Oh, I'll go Carolina on this. I the the Rangers the Rangers first round was bizarre because I thought they were going to have lighter work with the Penguins. Like I thought yeah. I, I thought the Rangers fixed what ailed them during the regular season. Um, in terms of, you know, adding Cop and Mott and Vetrano. And those guys, by the way, were pretty good. Yeah. Um, but that was just such a bizarre what happened to them against Pittsburgh shouldn't like shouldn't have happened. They got they got this they got destroyed in a few of those games. And I was not anticipating it. I think I think Carolina's a pretty bad matchup for them. Um and I think Carolina getting past Boston, even though they even though they crushed them in the regular season is a pretty that's a big that's a big help, you know? Yeah. I, I So I like I like Carolina in that one. All right. I do too, actually. So I don't think it's the Rangers' time just yet. But they, they did, you know, they showed you something. They showed me something. I thought the Penguins were going to win that series. I always, I never think the team that goes up 3-2 is going to lose. And they, never. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I wish, uh, like I we wish, were talking I about wish, that series I wish over. we could go back and see, like, how many, how many times, a team was down three two, or t- a team was up three yeah. two, and I picked them to win, and sincerely thought that they would. It's got to be, it's yeah. got to be ninety nine times out of a hundred. I know. Um, all right, and then there's one other series that we won't, we don't have to get into. Who gives, who gives, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. Calgary, right, let's Calgary over, over Edmonton. Oh, I, I thought we weren't going to talk about it. We got so, Kevin Kurz coming up next. Kurzy's already logging in. We see him coming in on Zoom. Hey, Get buddy. excited, folks. We are going to talk some Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz, coaching changes, whatever Kurzy wants to talk about. A lot, lot of off-season stuff. But we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are now back. Segment two, joined by Kevin Kurz, writer of the athletic <laughs> New York Islanders made the switch from San Jose to New York and like everything happened. Um, <laughs> way more interesting situation, I would say, uh, in the, in the beat yeah. right there for you. Yeah. Holy I cow, mean, how, the last few months of the regular season weren't all that exciting. Was, the the <laughs> Islanders were pretty out of it pretty much as soon as I got here. Um, but it's picking up now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, we, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about, Lou in in the move last week and a little bit this week, but I would love to hear your perspective. Just and you know we've all read everything you've written, but in in I, but like as it's settling in, does it make any more sense, or are you are you starting to like piece things together now that you see the more of the big picture? No, uh, frankly, it is confusing <laughs> still. <because> okay, good. <laughs> it's, not just it's, you know, it's worse. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. I, it's not any less confusing, I guess. We'll put it that way, because you know when he when when Lou makes the announcement that he fired Barry Trotz, he said the same thing that general managers across sports pretty much always say: is we needed a new voice, right? Well, what does that mean? I mean, it's just sort of the go-to phrase for any of these sorts of these situations. We didn't really get any clarity on why they needed a new voice. Because when you look at the Islanders and what they went Mm -hmm. through this season, it was the 13-game road trip to start. It was the opening, the new building, having to play through COVID, uh, which was before I got here in November. That was Mm -hmm. really before the league was canceling games or or postponing games. The timing timing on that just could not have been worse for them. Because it was like like a a couple weeks later, they were like, oh, okay, this is not how we can approach things anymore. Whoops. Right, right. And they had so many postponed games that coming out of the All-Star break, there was no way they were going to get back into the race because they had the most compacted schedule of any team in the second half because they had to make up so many games. So, you know, I don't think anybody puts the blame on Barry for Mm -hmm. the Islanders missing the playoffs. I think, frankly, they put more of the blame on Lou for bringing in, you know, you have Zidane Ochara and Andy Green on the back end, two guys that were just past their primes and couldn't keep up and didn't play with enough pace and not enough scoring up front. And and that includes some of the guys that he extended, like Kyle Palmieri. It took him a while to, to get going. And, you know, some players like that. So, um, you know, I think the fan base is not all that, all that, uh, uh, you know, happy with, with Barry's departure. 
I'm not sure I've ever I've seen a version of yeah. this where the coach gets fired and the fans turn on the GM. Like I'm trying to think of an example of this. Usually when a coach gets fired, fans <laughs> it usually happens a year after fans want it to or whatever. Fans are usually fed up with a coach. This was this mm-hmm. is like like what's mm-hmm. Lou doing? Like people were seem really legitimately upset about this. Yeah, and I think that gets back to just the roster construction in general. And, you know, fans are still upset that he traded Devon Taves when you look at what Devon Taves is doing in Colorado, and that's a fair criticism. Um, So, you know, and Barry was, I think, he's he's such an endearing guy, um, and I think the fans could see that in his interactions with just, with you know, with us in the media and – and he was very honest, and I really did get the sense that what Barry was telling us was exactly what he was telling the players, or at least close to it, behind closed doors. And um, I mm. think that goes a long way. You know, I know we're biased working in the media, but I do feel like that goes a long way. That a lot of fans, especially the ones that tune in day to day and pay attention to the day to day. They do appreciate when a player or a coach is very honest like that, and Barry was. Yeah, he was. Um, do you any when you've talked to people that run the organization, or you kind of continue to analyze this? We, you know, Lou's not going to say much publicly. You know, we need a new voice. You could have needed that new a voice because they they promote the assistant, which I'm fine with, right? So it it can't. It's not like even. I'm just trying to see, like, what what else could – like, there had to have been something that Lou didn't, saw that he didn't like. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's it's as you sort of, I think, indicated, it's nothing against Lane Lambert because I think Lane yeah. was is, is has a great reputation around the league and, and he probably would have gotten a job somewhere yeah. else. And I know, you know, I was reading Max speculating, and I'm sure you are too, Craig, about going to Detroit potentially. He's so, been connected to Steve Eiserman. Like, you, it's the moment Steve arrived in Detroit, people made yeah. that connection in the game and outside, like, Lane Lambert's going to be – which actually made me wonder if that the you know if Lou has decided Lane was going to be the next coach if it, you know we're all just speculating because nobody really yeah, knows the cone of the cone of silence yeah there's a cone of silence there but you know if you think you're going to lose right. Lane Lambert and you think he's the next the next Mike Sullivan to John Tortorella or whatever however you want to say it then you preemptively make a move I don't know. Maybe, um, but you know, Lou, and and you're right. Lou hasn't told us much, but if you read the press release that was sent out making the announcement yesterday, it mentioned that Lou was impressed with the way Lane Lambert handled the handled the team when Barry had you know Barry missed about a two and a half week stretch. First, his mother died tragically in January, and then he came down with COVID nineteen. And it was two and a half weeks. The team only played three games, so they were practicing throughout that time. But because they had to cancel, you know, postpone all these games because of COVID, um, Lane was essentially running the day to day. And Lou mentioned on his conference call yesterday that. He was a little bit more visible throughout that time than maybe normally he is. And he was sitting in on meetings and he was really observing the way Lane handled the team and he came away impressed. And and he said that in the press release and he said that again in the conference call. So, you know, that that makes you wonder. Does it, 
Barry has to leave for a tragic situation. If he didn't have to leave over a death in the family, would would Lou have been able to see Lane Lambert handle the team? And yeah, so um, I was a little surprised that he went that way, but it does seem pretty evident to me that, um, you know, Lou and some of the players also, you know, obviously he was getting player feedback because this announcement came a whole week after the season was over after the postseason meetings are over he he clearly got some feedback wait wait a sec wait wait, wait a second i I, th- I thought he said he didn't consider anybody else's opinion except his own <laughs> what well yeah what? but he didn't say who he was listening to before <laughs> he came to that conclusion but i think it's pretty obvious and you know I, i've had some people tell me that too as i've written that uh you know, there was some player feedback. And, and you know, even Barry admitted that maybe his style is a little bit harder to play over the course of an 82-game season. And, um, you know, I talked to Scott, Scott Hartnell yesterday, who's with NHL Network, former player for Barry Trotz, and, and he agreed that it can tend to – it tends to wear on guys. But, um, you know, I don't – I don't think anybody came to the conclusion that because of that, you need to replace the coach. I mean, it wears on guys. It wears on guys over normal seasons, let alone let alone what the weirdness that they just experienced specifically with the with the arena stuff and the in the, in the COVID stuff, right? I mean, it's, this isn't this isn't a normal a normal season ending vibe for them, right? Right. Scott Hartnell, who by the way was live tweeting a vasectomy earlier today. In case you, I saw uh, that tweet this anybody morning. Anybody wanted yeah. to go follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Um, it, you know, uh, I'm good. If you know, not it's not lost on me that Barry, um, Barry and Brian McClellan in Washington didn't split on the best of terms or whatever. Like whatever was happening, like there was a point where Barry Trotz was getting fired and everybody knew it, and then he won a cup with the Capitals. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we we forget, right? Because yep. it, and then then there was the split, and and you know, and then Barry goes to. I, I don't know if there's something that these guys see in the day to day that we don't see, or something that makes them feel like, you know, they're they're not as in love with Barry. The, the GM isn't as love as is sometimes the results suggest they should be. I don't know. Yeah, and you know, Lou said that his relationship with Barry is fine, and and no one's really talked to Barry yet. Mm-hmm. I think Pierre got a some sort of a statement from him that he said he's just going to take some time yeah. and and sort of reassess and and Barry too to to you know to, to look at it from his perspective he did say in in what we didn't know at the time was his final media availability after the final game you know he really indicated that he had a lot to handle in the off season in yeah. terms of his personal life because he's never gotten a break and I'm sure that stems from the death of his mother. Um, and, you know, frankly, I think that's why a lot of people were speculating that he might end up in Winnipeg because that's where he's from. And if he ha- has to handle all these personal situations, that would probably make the most sense for him to be close to yeah. home. But, you know, he did sort of give off the impression that he was tired. And I think everyone was tired after the end of this season, but um, him may be particularly so because – Obviously, he's the guy in charge, and and even on off days, as we know, coaches are always working, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's also got the benefit too of being of being Barry Trotz. Like like it's it's a lot easier to get fired because that's what happened 
it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to, to lose your job when you're like, this is fine. I'll just be able to, I'll make as much money or more at pretty much a job of my choosing at some point. Yeah. At some point in, in, in the near he's future. Like he's, he's got that, yeah. he's got that trump card to be able to sit down and hang out for a little longer. Like people will wait for him in a way that they won't, wouldn't for Lane Lam- for like Lane Lambert, let's say. Like they'll, they'll wait, they'll wait for Barry Trotz. Yeah. And, you know, it's unlike the situation in Washington because he does have a year left on his deal and he's got a $4 million mm-hmm. salary. And uh, so, you know, he can just kind of chill for a little bit and figure out his next move. <laughs> he's got he's got that he's got that $4 million salary that the Cavs did not want to pay him after after yep. that cup win. He's got it for another year. Oh, so, like, and you can look at that two ways. Either he can relax and if he wants to recharge look i think er- like everybody was gassed coming out of covid yeah. and like everybody not just hockey coaches it, all of us it, like in, mm-hmm. in it and it manifests itself in so many different ways so if you're barry trotz and you're getting paid four million to do nothing for a year that might be this <laughs> this might be best case scenario or you can say if you're a team i don't even know that wants to get them on a discount for a year like and then overpay them or do like you can get creative right like and, and use that four million as a, you know, as a, a carrot or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I, he's he's get he's getting four million dollars regardless. Yeah. So, so you're like, hey, uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good situation. We're um, signing, we're signing Barry Trotz to an eight hundred thousand dollar yeah front two dollars deal. We're him two dollars. <laughs> then like, it jumps oh, up to four. The then it jumps up to four and a half million dollars. But <laughs> this year it's two. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about Pete DeBoer, Kersey, because you know him well, and mm-hmm. he yeah. uh, Vegas fires him yesterday. Um, after missing the playoffs, yeah, it's interesting because I was surprised actually when San Jose. I, I was surprised by that move. It, so, like, this is now twice where it hasn't worked out for Pete. But I think Pete is generally regarded pretty highly in in coaching circles. What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And you, if you go back to when he was fired in San Jose, it was only a couple months after uh, he had made the conference finals in 2019. And the whole culture in San Jose went to hell when they let Joe Pavelski walk. And you kind of hand the keys over to the guys like the Eric Carlson's and the Evander Canes and Logan Couture still getting right. used to the captaincy. The whole culture was blown up because of, of Joe Pavelski and, and, and Pete took the blame for mm-hmm. that. And I remember talking to him the day after or, or one or two days after he got fired and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said the vibe just didn't, hadn't, didn't seem right from, from day one. And um, the roster was also not very good from day one. They, they had, if you look at their opening night lineup from, uh, when they closed out their season in 2019, losing to the Blues, who eventually won the Stanley Cup on their opening night roster, then you're just like, who the, who the heck are these guys? So it was not Pete's fault that the Sharks have started to decline, which I think everybody realizes now. Um, and, you know, I, I at least from afar, it doesn't seem like he was much to blame for what happened in Vegas either. You know, all those moving parts, all these big personalities leaving, coming between Flurry and Eichel and the injury situation. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Pete ends up, but I feel like much like Barry, his reputation is still intact as he hits the unemployment line. 
Yeah. What is he? So there's going to be fan bases that are really interested in Pete DeBoer and what he brings to the table. Like, what did you learn about him as a coach in covering him so closely? Well, I do think the players really like him and respect him. And I think that that's, I, you know, that's pretty necessary with any coach that has success, right? You have to have that reputation of, of players, um, you know, respecting you enough that when you're tough on them, you're, you're going to respond. And I think Pete always had that respect in San Jose of the players and particularly the older players. And, and I think that, you know, he when you look at Pete, I think he does – you would classify him more as a veteran players type coach. And that's not to say he doesn't play the young guys, but he's one of those guys, much like Barry, I think, too, that the young players, they really have to prove themselves to get in the lineup and stay in the lineup. And I don't think that's a bad thing, personally. I know sometimes that doesn't go over with every fan base, but I also feel like every NHL fan base tends to overrate the young players and the prospects in the system anyway. Yeah, they all want the young players to play. They love the, right. they love the prospects, and they always get mad at the coach for not playing them. No, it's it's prospect, prospect derangement syndrome yeah. where everybody's every, every player who gets four minutes at night is going to end up being a star in one way or another. Right, and that happened to Pete in New Jersey. That happened with the fan base there. That happened to Pete in uh, San Jose with the fan base there. Probably not so much in Vegas, but you know, it also happened with Barry here in Long Island where – or on Long Island, I have to say that, mm-hmm. or people will jump down my throat. <laughs> we can, we <laughs> um, can fix it in post. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a lot of fans were on Barry this season for not playing some of the younger guys, and particularly Oliver Wallstrom was one of those guys that uh, he was he was tough on, and I think it's fair to say he was tough on Oliver. But I think coaches like Pete, coaches like Barry, maybe they're a little bit tougher on those young guys because they want them to have to break through, not just on the ice, but emotionally as well. Do you think this is better for Matt Barzal moving forward? Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm glad you asked that because that's what I'm going to write either today or tomorrow. And I actually asked Lane about that yesterday specifically for that reason. And, and mm-hmm. you do, it, it, I think that's fair to wonder. Uh, and, and you, you know, Barzell is obviously the single most talented player on this team, at least offensively. And, you know, you look at his season, it, he, his production was, you know, down. It's been down since his rookie year before Barry got here when he was a point per game guy. But in the second half of the season, he was playing with, Wallstrom and Zach Parisi. Yeah. So you've got a rookie that hasn't quite yet proved himself, and Zach Parisi, who works hard but is obviously past his prime. I mean, how is Barzell going to thrive with those mm-hmm. two guys? I, you know, so to me, he's got to be one of your top two centers. He was essentially the third line center, and a lot of his points over the final few weeks were coming on the power play. So. It's it's on it's incumbent I think upon Lane to find uh, to to let Barzell maybe be a little bit more um, I don't want to say less structured but maybe have a little bit more freedom offensively to do the things that he you know uses God given talent but it's also going to be incumbent upon Lou to find some at least one top line winger 
that has chemistry with Barzell because it was a, it was a process it, and they never really figured it out this season to find effective wingers to skate mm-hmm. with Matt Barzell. It, Jordan Eberle was one of them, but he left obviously to, to go to Seattle and they never really found someone else that, that meshed with Barzell. Oh my God. If he, if he looked at their playing time breakdown over the first few months of the season, it was just like, let's see, let's see who works with Matt. Let's see if Matt works with someone else. Like the, just the breakdown, just in the sheer number of guys he had playing on his wing, you know, really up until say, I probably after the holidays. I mean, it was, just, he was, he was in the blender and I don't know if that was, I, I blame who you want, I guess, I guess for that, but there was the, I, it was a wild, <laughs> wild lack of consistency. Right. And you look at the, you look at the production early on for him, especially you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's why it's cause he, it's cause he's got, he's got two different wingers every, every three games. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of suggestions that it was maybe Barzell behind the scenes complaining to Lou about, and, and I don't think that's fair. I don't think you can say it's one player or another player that was maybe, you know, hoping that, that, that Barry would leave or anything like that. But I do think that the coaching change could have a net positive effect on on Barzell probably more than anybody else. And it'll be interesting to see how much Lane changes the systems because he's basically known as the guy that was an architect of Barry's systems. They've been together for so long. Um, so that'll be something, obviously, we're all going to be interested in when training camp starts. But, um, you know, you get back to the original question is how much of a new voice is Lane Lambert going to be over Barry Trotz and, and how could, you know, how is that going to be a, a benefit to the team ultimately? This is, is Mitch Korn state, does he leave with Barry or does he stick around? Legendary uh, goalie coach. Yeah, that was, that there, there were some reports out there and Lou, Lou wouldn't confirm what? anything like that yesterday. <laughs> he said all these guys are <laughs> under contract. Yeah. Um, I know they do have another goalie guy, uh, Piero Greco, who I assume is going, is not going anywhere. Um, Kersey, thanks for, thanks for showing up here. Thanks for all the insight, the hard work. Um, it's going to be an interesting off season for you, which is good. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Appreciate it. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. This is the only good segment on the show. It's when we go into the comments that you guys leave in the athletic app on our particular episode pages. Six times. Only ours, by the way. No. Only ours. You have to find ours. Don't yeah, go dude, to leave, Ian's. Leave. Read Mendez comments. No thanks. Mm-mm. Quick bit of business before we get to all this. Selkie nominees mm-hmm. announced. Patrice Bergeron, Alexander Barkov, Elias Lindholm. I think that's I think that's about right. The only question there was whether Barkov missed too many games to be to be uh to be considered there. But I think I think that's fine. It's gonna go to Bergeron. I'm glad to see Lindholm. Give him one for the road. One for the road, yeah, right. Since he's definitely for sure retiring. 
Uh, he shook everyone's hand, Sean. Just, you saw it. You saw it like I, I saw it. I love that. How funny is that? Oops. Oops. Wait a second. He he, he does oh, that every year. He always does. I'm glad to see Lindholm get a uh, get a finalist nod because he was he was he was really really good for Calgary. But that one you is, were you loved him all year long. That one that you top were on that the top Lindholm line I, train top line was unbelievable, man. Between the, the Lindholm the Lindholm uh, Kachuk uh, Johnny G line. Lindholm is not honorary American. He's a he's he, American. He's for sure. He's Swedish. He plays for the Flames. He's got two American line names. He counts. Um, Ian W says you guys are great. I usually keep checking all day to see if you guys have released yet. That said, I don't always listen to it because by the time it finally comes out in the afternoon, I'm busy with my day. Mm. Well, sorry, Ian. We appreciate your we appreciate your uh, your kind words here. We're gonna reshuffle our schedule to make it more convenient for you. We record it first thing in the morning. We, Sean and I get up at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And we, rec- we record from 6 to 7, mm-hmm. like very diligently. It's def- and then producer it, Jeff takes like 10 hours to post it. it. You know what? So, it's definitely know, yeah. not It's definitely not 11.02 Eastern right now. <laughs> <laughs> get with it, Jeff. I like that Michael K. just said, listen to it Wednesday morning. I We try to, I, I, in all seriousness, we try to try to make it as, you know. Yeah, as, we don't do not, a lot of like. It's not time. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Time specific, time sensitive. I, I was gonna, for I, the most I was part. gonna say, I was gonna say time intensive, which we also try to avoid. I mean, we like off season stuff anyway, so like we try not to even talk about games if if at all. I also, in terms of housekeeping, let's let's send off Dustin Brown in in a as a great American in a proper way. Jeff, Jeff just Jeff just slacked. Craig and I says it's the damn ad reads, which is true because because we always record those last and we're we're slap happy and also think we're probably 40 to 50% funnier than we actually are so let's take on the ad reads take way too long. <sighs> I know guess why do we have to keep re-record why can't we just run back last week's buddy when when you get that sweet smith ai money you do whatever they say i will also say i feel better about myself cuz i listen to that there's a cop, there's a cop car coming fast right now by the way is there um are you gonna get arrested? I hope so. I listened to um, Smartless, and to hear like Will Arnett have to do like the same ad reads we're doing, it's really. Don't you feel a little bit better that you're like, hey, these are like superstars. I love. It. I love- these are superstars, and he's going, you hiring at LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn jobs, and I'm like, Will Arnett has to I do love, that. I love. I love listening to Doughboys and, and and hearing them hearing them do the same the same better health same, ads that we yeah. do. So, anyways, it's ads. Sarah H says, relieved to know you exclusively save your sound editing for the Indiana Jones theme song and very good garage band tunes. Love the podcast. Go playoffs, which is true. I, I was so psyched to hear Pete get played in with the Indiana Jones theme last week. Oh, so good. Did you quote the Hamburglar last week? Is this what Sarah H is saying? Was there some Hamburglar quote that you gave? I don't know. I I don't know. Oh, oh no. Definitely. I know, I know what Sarah's talking about here. When you brought up when you brought up Andrew Hammond last week, oh, 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 oh. and That's you're like, "There's right. yes. a, <laughs> there's a I big, made a reference for a big pull from 2015." Okay, all my pulls are from 2015. Yeah, I mean, thank you, Sarah H, for appreciating my timeless. We try that way. You can listen on Wednesday morning. I like to make references from 2013, so you can listen any day of the week. Sarah H, I pre- she gets it. Mm-hmm. Jason B says. He's disappointed that neither of us were Pro Stars fans. We talked about the cartoon with Gretzky and Bo Jackson. I honestly think I think that is like in this we, in like the weird <sighs> space of we? time. That should have been right in our wheelhouse. I think you were too old for it, and I think I was mm-hmm. too young. 
Like you were too old by a couple years and I was too young by a couple years. Yeah. Because if that if that came out in 1990 or whatever, you'd have been 14. Like you had better shit to do at that point. Yeah, I wasn't watching Pro and I was And I was, and I was, you know, a little baby. Jason writes, my favorite recollection as a kid is eating Pro Star cereal while, while watching Gretz, Bo, and MJ. Kick bad guy ass. Hell yeah. So they fought people? That's a, I, I might have to go back and watch. Yeah, seriously. Um, Michael Sean, K- what was your um, – hold on. I got to ask mm. a sugar cereal. Were you, I yeah. was not allowed to eat sugar cereal, so I don't have a reference here. Did you have any bad television sugar cereal that you had ate for like a six-month window You know, we were pretty <laughs> – as an adult, yeah. I, um, yeah, no, nothing. No, my mom, my, my mom was pretty good about that too. It was um, – yeah. it was – I had a lot of frosted mini-wheats as a kid, which like mm, she somehow – sugary. Yeah, it, it could be worse though. Like that's better than – she was firmly anti, like, I specifically remember I was not allowed to ever, I don't think I've ever eaten a bite of Cookie Crisp, because that was like the big little kid commercial at that point, where it was like, oh, cookies for the breakfast, cookie- and she yeah. was like, absolutely, absolutely not. Um, I want to also read it, I think this is another Michael K. comment, um, who believes he's on the band list. Shadow band for, for, for Michael K.? Here's how not to get off the band list, which you're not, but he's he doesn't want to name me by name, only referring to me as Sparty. <laughs> and he says he's on Team Sean. There's no teams here, Michael K. This is all one happy family. Um, For now. He says, give our boy Sean some love. He always puts up with your shit. That's right. What? <laughs> I couldn't be nicer to Sean. <laughs> That's right. Michael K., you're so out of bounds oh. here. Nope, Craig's the Craig's a shit disturber in, the, in these parts, baby. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, Michael K with a with a, with another. Well, this is a fair question. I mean, Edmonton ended yeah. up winning. If this continues, just the general Oilers incompetence. Because I'm sure he posted this after one of those games that they lost to the Kings. If this continues, is it time to fire Canole for incompetence? Um, all's well that ends well. They're in they're in the second round, but it's that team's that team's tough to watch. Can I say this? You owe Mike Smith an apology. I do. I, I, I suppose I do. I mean, game one was a joke by him, but he well, he, he, rebound, he rebounded well after that. He was we'll really see. good. No, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, whenever the Oilers are eliminated, we'll see exactly, exactly why it goes down. Sean, are you already preparing your trade grade article when Leon and Connor get traded to Vegas for Eichel, T- Theodore, and, and Leonard? Um. Hmm. That's Leon and Connor. <laughs> Connor. No, here's what I do. Here's what I do know. I don't know if you have that pre-written, Sean, or if that trade is going to happen. But I do know the grades are an A minus and a C plus. <laughs> it's a, it's all. I, I flip a coin whenever I do these. My favorite. My favorite grade of of the actual trade deadline series was um was when Florida traded Frank Petrano to to the Rangers and I gave it a C plus for the Rangers and it was like a free fa- Frank Petrano because it was like for a third round pick or something and people and people went just ballistic um and I was like no C pluses are C pluses are fine everyone everyone knows that um, um you almost immediately proven wrong because Frank Petrano has been fa- fairly useful for them can the devils please get trots Lucas C hmm. says do you think Fitzy has him on speed dial from having been his captain in Nashville Interesting. The Devils as a trots destination. They here's what I I don't know if that's where I'm going. If I'm Barry Trotz, it, this is much as much about Barry Trotz as it is the team having. He honestly he can 
he's this is the rare coach. Like the last time we saw this was Mike Babcock, really. Mm-hmm. And and you know, he gets to pick. And as we've said, there are better options than the New Jersey Devils. All due respect. I, I don't. Said all due I respect. don't know how much that organization. And I'm not talking about Tom Fitzgerald here. Either. I'm talking. I don't know how much that organization values the head coach position. Oh wow. That's unnecessary. What leads you to believe they don't value the head coach? Because they don't pay for it. Mm. That's that's been an issue with them in the past. There's here's probably the more diplomatic way to put it: is that there's a number that they'll that they're okay with hitting on coach on coaching salary, and I feel like that is south of what Barry Trotz understandably would want to uh, continue his head coaching career. Um. William T says, looking at the new podcast cover photo, the athletic would rather list mm-hmm. no hosts on the cover than credit Sean and Craig on the image. Wow. Mm-hmm. Myrtle's Canadian bias <laughs> knows no end. Um, William, here's what I think William, happened we, there. I think, I think William T is speaking, speaking from a place inside the organization here because Myrtle's Canadian bias is something that comes up constantly. Let me tell you. You think William T is inside the room? <laughs> William Is William T really Corey Massasat? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I was going to say. Will, William William T is the alias for Corey Massasak. Um, Did you have something out there? No, I I actually requested that they scrub him because, like, we there's so many rotating hosts and there's in and out, and I just didn't want like people to feel like Pierre was on there and Pierre is is just kind of parachuting in as a guest when he can it just made no sense and it just seemed like more work than it was worth to try to keep those updated so i think we should have had you need to blame anybody Corey. blame me the podcast album art or whatever should just be our faces with everybody else's name listed very very small i mean below us we should have our own episode i I mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) chet um chet b says Hey, for landing spots for Trots, how about Edmonton? Uh, no, I think Jay Woodcroft is, is doing think, is doing a fine job. Keep, I think Jay around. Woodcroft is a really good coach. Yep, like that's a very modern, like that. I think Jay is the future. Like that kind of coach is the future of coaching in the NHL. So, yeah, that's not the problem. If if there's a problem in Edmonton, it's not it's not behind the bench, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, we have a we have a Waffle House order. Question from uh, from Greg T. What's your Waffle House All Star Special Order? What I will say is that my go to mm-hmm. hash brown order at Waffle House oh, smothered and covered and I like uh, I diced? like I like co- no I like covered and peppered. I like cheese. Oh, wow. I like I like cheese and cheese and jalapenos. Not not a huge onion and hash browns guy. Um, I don't eat ham or anything like that. So smothered and peppered. You don't eat ham. No, or I said you don't I don't I don't ham. need ham in my. In my hash browns, I am um, I'm hash hash browns one waffle and then eggs over medium and some mm-hmm. sausage. That's that's the move. I am if if I'm at the Waffle House, which I'm at much less frequently now that I live in Michigan and not Georgia, mm-hmm. but I am a firm believer in the breakfast sandwich at Waffle House wow. that I've tried to replicate. You know, because they have it's oh, oh, so good. The bacon, ease, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. I'm looking at it right now. My mouth, mouth is watering, and they give you a few pickle slices that you throw on there. I oh, love that! Gosh, it's so good. When I and then smothered, covered, and diced on the side. When I moved to Charlotte, right after 
right after college and I was, I was working, I was working the night desk. One of the only places that was open, you know, at two thirty or three or whatever time I, I would get out of there from editing Craig's sloppy, horrendous copy was, uh, Oh my gosh. I'm the cleanest writer. Well. You, yeah, you, I, really you, clean. You are what, what you would do. And, and I've, and you have passed this on to me through some weird, I don't know if it's, is it genetics? I'm not sure how that works. Yes, do you so. remember when you did not, you, you could not remember how to spell Valteri Valteri Filpola. Those are my two things: restaurant and Valteri Filpola. I can't spell and either. You covered Filpola for years, 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 and I and I edited you misspelling Filpola for years, years. I spelled it every differently every time. Mm-hmm. Something they were trying to guess without Z's, looking it up. Z's and Q's and M's in there is crazy. Mm-hmm. And now I am constitutionally enable. Of spelling Philip Grubauer's first name. Oh, I can't do it. I get it wrong. Everybody's got it wrong. Everyone's having. I get it wrong every time. And Alex Iniguez is always the one who who fixes it for whatever reason. So it's it's turned into a running joke where he's like, "Yep, you screwed it up again." So my restaurant Valtteri Filppola and my other block was. (laughs) I always wanted to spell out the number ten. Yes. Oh my god! I I I still want, dude. I I told you. I think that was one of the only things that I ever. Was like you got to stop. You got to stop doing this because you mm-hmm. spelled it out every single time, and you said no. I said no. You got sometimes you got to stand up for what you believe in, <laughs> and that's I, that's where I draw the line. I discovered five on five our style for here. here welcome to athletic style. Oh my book god, talk. this is so boring. Five on five. Our style is to spell out five mm-hmm. dash on dash five according. To Monica in our Slack channel. I do it at different I've time been doing way. the numeral five dash on dash five. I like five, five. V, I like five view five. Some sometimes hyphen, sometimes not. Sorry, Monica. Oh. I'm I'm gonna have to get that changed. Because it shouldn't you shouldn't spell out five. Tim B's And Tim, that concludes no, style talk. Yep. Tim B has a great way to close out the close out the comment okay. section this week. Following up on last week's comment, Tim says, mm-hmm. I want to be clear that I am in no way a Dallas Stars fan. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's okay if you are, Tim. You're, allow- you're allowed to be, buddy. You're allowed to be a That fan. said, I am sad they got knocked out. I miss the chaos of that team and what they bring or don't bring to the postseason, but at least America's Canadian team is moving on. He speaks, of course, of the Calgary Flames. Yeah, it's good to see America's Canadian team. That's, that's a great way to phrase it. I don't know if we have done that yet. <laughs> America's Canadian team, um, I think they're going to keep winning too. Sean's going to be in the middle of it writing about the Battle of Alberta from, through the eyes of an American, which See, is postcards from postcards from the prairie. We're going to call it. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it is. How, who would have known that when we were asking Matthew Kachuk, we we're like, oh yeah, does anybody actually get, you actually give a shit about that or not? <laughs> about the he Battle of Alberta, genuinely to care 100%. about it, which I was somewhat surprised. I thought he was going to be like, eh, up here, it's kind of a big deal. But uh, we all no, know. I know I'm I'm 24 and I grew up in St. Louis. I actually don't care about this. At I don't all. care. But that was I guess he has. That to was care. that was not his answer. And I will tell you that I'm I'm into it now too. You should have seen for real, Sean. I dude, the amount of excitement <laughs> here here right off the Red Mile in Calgary. Uh, Whenever they whenever they close out Dallas was was unbelievable. I was trying to be cynical and um, you know jerky about it because mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a first it's a job. Round. It's my job because <clears throat> it was a first round series and whatever else. Um, 
but there was something heartwarming about it. People were people were were losing their minds. They went because it went, and then I was ready to go to sleep because it was going on for hours, just constant car beeping and and pe- people going crazy. I think it was equal parts because they moved on and because they knew that you know the Oilers were were the next were the, were the next opponent because there you could actually hear yeah, yeah. you fun. could actually hear Oilers suck chants like a couple blocks away. It was it was it was very fun. So I'm excited for this starting Wednesday night. Well, we we need America's Canadian team to come out of that. Um, I like and the Flames are fun, and also American Lindholm, who we've adopted. I just want to um, I just want to get the Oilers out of the paint and get out of there. Okay. I having Connor McDavid around is good. Hmm. Is a net positive. Watching yeah. him try to just strap the team to his back. It's it's fun to. You can Fun do, to watch. Do that for a round or two, and then move on. And then, um, Bruce Boudreau is joining the Vancast this week. B- Bruce is as good a podcast guest as you can possibly get. He is entertaining and fun. Um, so make sure you're listening to that. Also, Arthur Staple. I'm glad. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, me too. Psych to see. Arthur, psych to see a full year of him. Um, God, Vancouver, what a weird team. <laughs> Arthur Staple joins uh, the roundtable tomorrow with Pizzo and Civi and Granger, um, talking Rangers. And what else? What else to plug? Ath- Athletic Audio Plus and Apple Podcasts, where you get Sean and I bonus episodes. Do that. Oh, you get God. a 30-day free trial. Oh, no. <laughs> 99 cents a month <laughs> is, after that. Is, is today the day? No, I don't think oh. so. But maybe it is. We'll never know. And also, uh, make sure... <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. Make sure always to use the hashtag THS Tuesday Boys with five Z's. Five Z's. Oh wow, we're yeah, adding. I think we're adding. We're adding Jeff Z's. Added a Z, a Z. <laughs> and we have granted permission um, for the band name, the Tuesday Boys. Yes. To be used. By the way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, I I forget your name, but keep us but keep us updated on that. Our only our only request is that we get is that we is that we, we get want some, t-shirts. Just give us the t-shirts. Where do we settle settle on that with the Tuesday Boys or is it just Tuesday Boys as the preferred? It's band, the, it's the, Tues- the it's the Tuesday Boys. I, I had yeah, a, I had a long I, I had a long conversation with it with, with it. Or, well, I shouldn't say long conversation with a dude about it. A lot mm. of times What's you see, this? I feel like from the years of two thousand two to two thousand six, there were a lot of punk bands who had articles in their names where it'd be like the or uh or mm. an. And that's the way they would start, and then they would drop them by their second album. So I'm that's my goal for for this dude is for him to start out as the Tuesday Boys, and then get signed or whatever, and, and then and drop they cut it. up the, the. It's cleaner. Is it the Ramones or just the Ramones? It's Ramones. Or Ramones. Who is Ramon? <laughs> Ramon Razor Razor Ramon. Duh. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sean, someday try to try to pass that COVID test. Keep working <laughs> on it. We'll get you back. In a we'll see. Soon. I might just stay. I'm, I'm now a proud Canadian taxpayer. <laughs> <laughs>